Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, not too bad. Um, it's been a busier week. We've had some busy stuff going on. Haven't we? we had the live uh, Sport Relief podcast on Sunday, which was jolly good fun. Yep, I enjoyed myself in my hometown. In my hometown. Um, if you listen to the last podcasts, if you listen very carefully... There's um, some snickers in the background, (laughs) a couple of key points in there to prove that there were actually people there and it was live and all in aid of Sports Relief. So get out there and donate. Yeah, we'll put some um, links to where you can donate on the show notes. But Superpod 2020 went down really well. Some great shows showcasing their talent live over two days. It was a really good, really good event. So well done to everyone involved. But this episode, we have another guest. So for those of you who not listen to the podcast before every now and again we get a special guest on usually within the film world either journalism or tv or whatever or any medium really to talk about film that they love or they defend the honor of if the critics didn't like um, yes so they stick at their neck on the chopping block uh, and defend it with all their might um, in this episode we've got craig stevens craig stevens being uh, famously of Sky Movies. If you've ever seen any red carpet stuff, he's, he's usually there presenting and he does voiceover work and, uh, and he's a producer as well and all sorts of different bits and pieces as well as radio. Triple so, threat. Yeah, he's um, very passionate about this particular movie, which will you've seen in the title. But we'll say. <laughs> You're always skirting around it like it's a massive secret. It's a spoiler. No, well, we It's did like a... walking into a secret base with the words secret base <laughs> written on the front door and being surprised that it's A, the secret base, and B, people know it's the secret base. I oh, know, it's not very good, is it? I'm not very good at what, this. What film is it then, Chris? Uh, Cowboys and Aliens, which I thought Cowboys was bloody aliens. good when it came out. And I think uh, Craig's got some great stories about it as well because he was on the press junket for it. But um, here's the interview. Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Chris, and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by Craig Stevens, who's a TV and radio presenter, film host and producer. So welcome to the bunker, Craig. Oh my God, it's so good to be here. I've, I've lo- loved your podcast and to get on it, I feel like I've won a little competition or conned someone somewhere along the line. Seriously, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Now, obviously, you know the score about the podcast. We ask our guests every week is to find that critically panned movie or that, that turkey that's been panned by critics and try and find the good things to say about them. Pick out the, the gems or the find the diamond in the rough. What movie have you chosen to discuss and defend this evening? Do you know what? When you, when you pitched this to me, I literally could have written a list of films that most critics hate and I've gone, but I put that film on. Like I will watch that movie because it's just bat crazy nuts. So I picked, and I don't think there's anyone else that would agree with me, I picked Cowboys and Aliens from 2011. That's not your lucky day, stranger. Turn around and start walking. I said, turn around and start walking.
Is it demons? Why are you asking me? Daniel Craig, Paul Dano, Sam Rockwell is in it, Harrison Ford is in it, Olivia Wilde is in it. Yeah. Already, you should be sold on this movie. It's got cowboys, it's got aliens. What's not to like? <laughs> we'll get into the, uh, the, uh, the meat of this movie in a bit. For anybody who doesn't know you or hasn't not familiar with the work, how did it all kind of begin with, with movies especially? What was the thing that kicked it all off for you? I, it was kind of a weird one for me because I, um, I was doing really unfunny stand-up comedy about film. And, and it's, like, it's like being a, kind of a surgeon and being scared of a needle or blood. Do you know what I mean? Being yeah. a comedian and not being funny. And the, the comedy that we were doing, I was writing stuff about film. And I was kind of doing it. And then someone from uh, a Sky movie, Sky Cinema at the time, saw me doing it. And he was like, you obviously kind of know your film. And I studied film. Do you want to come and have a TV show? I was like, what? are you kidding? Like, yeah, how hard is that? It's like radio, but you just have to look at something. And it kind of spiraled from there. Um, and now, you know, I get to kind of, kind of interview film stars or, or producers, directors and stuff like that. And, you know, normally, let's be honest, to promote their films. And you notice that what happens is you, you go and do these interviews with people from movies and you're very, you know, this is a great film. Hey, this is wonderful. I mean, you know, I'm so fickle. I even told Bruce Willis A Good Day to Die Hard was one of his best work. That's the level of as long as I'm getting paid, I'll do this type thing. Um, and, and it kind of, it, <laughs> it kind of spiraled from there. And then we get, you know, lucky enough to get to host some premieres and stuff like that. And, and um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still doing it. And, and Cowboys and Aliens for me is one of those movies that it was the first time I got to interview Harrison Ford. Mm. Now, when you're growing up and, and you realize that people like Harrison, and it's probably the same for you, it's probably the same for everyone who listens to this podcast. Whether you like all of his work or you don't, he is Han Solo. He is Indiana Jones. That's it. It mm. doesn't matter. Anything else doesn't matter. So, you know, I think this was the film that, that really stood out for me, that I knew I was going to kind of fall in love with. But what happens is six months later, you kind of catch these movies on TV or on DVD or whatever, and then you go, what was I thinking? This is insane. This is just terrible. And, and you kind of wake up to the realization that not every film is a great film, but you get sucked into the moment, especially when you're going to meet someone like Harrison. You know, you don't want to go, Harrison, what were you thinking? No. Harrison, tell me about the film so no one has to sit through it. You know, <laughs> you, you, kind of can't, you kind of can't do that. But this is one of those films that even six months later and everyone was telling me how bad it was. I was that guy still ordering this on DVD from another country so I could get it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I was that idiot, you know. But then I kind of went back and rewatched it and I rewatched it many, many times and I just thought, you know what, I think everyone else is wrong but me. I think this is a great movie. That's what ultimately matters, I think, in, in terms of these these films that they always find an audience and they, yeah. if they're just popcorn uh, fodder, then that's exactly sometimes what they're made for for those sort of moments yeah. where you can just kick back and, and relax and watch something which has got some star power which is indeed has an incredible amount of star power so like, a bit of background on the movie i mean as you say 2011 it was kind of john favreau's was it his early sort of directing 
Yeah, I think, you know, 2011, we kind of had the, the connection with him and Robert Downey Jr. And I think he even tried to get Robert on this movie. I don't yeah. think he was going to be a major part. From what I remember from conversations, I think he was going to be kind of like a gunslinger in the Old West, you know, kind yeah. of a borderline, borderline a, came, a cameo. But I think uh, scheduling just kind of didn't work and they couldn't get him back together. So this is kind of early Favreau. But I think it's like, I think it's some of Favreau's greatest work. I love everything that Favreau's done, but a lot of people do you know, struggled with things like Iron Man 2, too much going on. And, and let's be honest, some of the characters weren't overly incredible. But I think you still can see what Favreau was trying to do. And so I've always had that respect for John Favreau. And I think he's a great actor as well. Mm -hmm. So already knowing Favreau is doing this, and I, I don't know about you, I think when the teasers for this came out, and I don't know how well you remember the teasers, but it's kind of like Daniel Craig in that opening shot, sitting up, he's got the cowboy hat on, and then he's got this bracelet attached to his wrist. And in the next scene, you see a kind of Wild West high street, if you like, minus the Woolworths with the pick -a mix But it's kind of like an old Wild West kind of high street. And everyone's standing in the high street. And then there's the aliens kind of fly over. And everyone must have just gone, this is the greatest advert for a movie I have ever seen. I need to know what happened. And yeah. that's where I was hooked. I was from that teaser trailer. I remember it so distinctly. Yeah, me too. I was really excited to see this. So I think it's a comic book property, isn't it, as well? Yeah, it's um, another one of the uh, Paramount's uh, comic books that they bought up a long time ago. Don't get me wrong, I had no idea it was a comic book, I think, at the time. I think it was only when you sort of research these things you realise mm. this is another comic book that we never, no one ever really bought the comic book. Well, I certainly didn't either. No, it wasn't uh, anyway. a well-known uh, property, as you say. It was something that they did, they hinted at some of the marketing, but it was, yeah, definitely a standalone sort of inspiration to the movie. When it started to bomb in America, when it started to go kind of go downhill, I think uh, the marketing for it slightly changed. It was like, hey, based on the graphic novel. And I think they were kind of clawing at anything to go, you know, which, which demographic can we get to come and watch this movie? Because we've just spent a fortune on Harrison Ford. We really yeah. need to get the money back. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's definitely got some... It's got some good ideas. That's the most polite way I've ever heard of anyone saying, by the way, Craig, you're wrong. But this, no, no. it's got some well, good ideas, Craig. I think, yeah, well, I, I don't disagree with you because I, do, I did enjoy the film when I watched it. It was obviously something that I knew was, didn't go down as well as I'd hoped it was because I was excited to see it based on who was in it for a start. And just the, the imagery around it is something you've not seen on screen before. Yeah. I think as well, I, I don't know, uh, again, when they started doing the marketing for the film, and I think this was maybe a little bit of a downfall uh, for Paramount and the people that were putting this together. They started using um, shots of Harrison wearing the hat. And I think, I think you know, when, when Harrison puts on that kind of hat, we think Indiana Jones. Yeah. You, know, you can't help it. I mean, you know, there was American Graffiti, he wore the hat then as well. But I think, if I remember rightly, he only wore the hat then because he refused to cut his hair. Um, and he, I don't think he would cut his hair. I think he was even a snob to Ron Howard back in the day. Uh, and so he put the, the cowboy hat on and that's kind of how it stemmed from there. So I think this was, a, this was a case of, you know, you see Harrison Ford with a cowboy hat and you think you're getting a movie that maybe you weren't promised you were going to get. Yeah. You, know, you think, oh, it's Indiana Jones, but with aliens. And it, it wasn't that movie. Yeah, so cast-wise, I mean... The star power is something that we can we can talk a little bit more on because Daniel Craig was probably well in well into Bond at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the thing. You know, you've got an incredible cast. We haven't seen Harrison do much for a while. 
uh, at this point. So I think to have Harrison back on the big screen was a really big pull in terms yeah. of casting. You know, you just put him on that poster or whatever, and already you've kind of sold the movie. Daniel Craig had already done Casino Royale. I think if, off the top of my head, I don't think he'd done Quantum at this point. I might be wrong. But I remember, again, you know, I got to go and talk to them about this movie back in 2011. And I remember talking to Daniel Craig, and he was saying that um, he really wanted Eva Green as the character that um, Olivia Wilde plays. Eva Green couldn't, didn't want to do it. She turned it down. And the kind of irony was that they went to Olivia Wilde, who also auditioned for Vespa in, in Casino Royale. Oh. So there was already a kind of hint of, uh, you know, backwards and forwards of uh, this doesn't work out with this character, but hey, this one auditioned as well, and she's great. So I mean, do, you, do you know what? Looking at it, I think Olivia Wilde was the right choice uh, for this film. I think we'd have had Eva Green and, and Daniel Craig together again. I think it would have, again, solved the movie down the wrong path. You know, we're not getting Indiana Jones and we're not getting James Bond. I think the biggest shock for most people was when Daniel Craig, and they kind of held back from doing it in the trailer, but I think in the second trailer, I'm so geeky, I need to get out more. It was the first time you heard Daniel Craig talk and he did that kind of American twang. And you were kind of like, what? Say what? <laughs> like, what? What is that? <laughs> Hang on, you need to talk like James Bond or we're not interested. So, yeah. but I think the pull, you know, the poster, Ford, Craig. Um, and it was, again, Sam Rockwell wasn't, wasn't sort of huge in this movie. You know? No, he's got a kind of, a, a very kind of, standard bit part and is a character piece for him as well i mean he doesn't really do his usual kind of sam rockwell shtick in this the other the actor that i really was really impressed was seeing well i guess was uh, clancy brown yeah clancy brown i think paul dano clancy brown um and i think olivia wilde i think she was was kind of a little bit understated in this film i think she didn't get quite the credit that, that she deserved in this but i think when you line up the quality of who's in this film you can only imagine the budget that was going towards it, can't you? Yeah, <laughs> and actually, they none of them do a particularly bad turn. I think the what if we could talk about for a little bit? Well, no, I don't want to bring it down the podcast, but I mean, you know, so this was coming. Let's look at the facts. I mean, like tomato, <laughs> me, the tomato meter is kind of what we kind of live and die by, and uh, IMDb, yeah. but. It got a 45% tomato score from yeah. the critics and a 43% from audience score, which is, it's officially kind of like a splatter, if that's what you want to call it. And some of the kind of criticism is, is kind of placed at the rewrites and the, the tonal shifts and maybe yeah. John Favreau not really knowing kind of what direction or what tone he wanted to take. So Damon Lindelof uh, pokes his head in uh, at some point as well and gets involved with some rewriting and script. Uh, did a turn on it as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you've got was, uh, Mark Fergus, uh, Alex Kurtzman, which... Alex Kurtzman did a turn yeah, on it as well, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. I mean, Kurtzman and and Orsi uh, kind of worked together on most things. I think they did Star Trek and they did Transformers. Um, yeah. I think he did things like... Um, I think he did The Island as well, the kind of Michael Bay uh, thing. Let's yeah. just call it Michael Bay thing. Which, if you ever let me back on to do another one, let's do The Island, because I, I still have a soft spot for some parts of that. Yeah. But I... What happened was, you know, you look at you look at how many writers. I think there were seven in all on Cowboys and Aliens, and I get the feeling. And it, and actually, if you watch it in the cold light of day, I feel like it's a film of two halves. Mm. You've got the drama half, the dramatic, beautifully paced start of the film, where we're introduced to all these characters in a really, really clever way, in a way that builds and builds suspense. And then it seems to kind of go, okay, now someone's gone. We don't have enough action. We don't have 
the battles that we need. We need some big set pieces. And then the second half of it goes down a road that, that is really quite different to the first. Mm. You know, you see Paul Dano doing his dramatic pieces and you kind of go, that's, he's a great actor. Yeah. And then when he gets put in prison and we kind of lose him, I don't want to spoil any of the movie for anyone who's now likely to go and watch it because you should. It goes down a, let's just do a big blockbuster action movie. And I, I don't know if that was what the, the plan was all the way along. And like I say, I am too weak to ask John Favreau those questions. What kind of questions did you ask him? So I remember sitting down <laughs> with Favreau. And, and, and it's really hard when you genuinely do like a movie to sit down in front of the director. Because you want to enthuse about the movie, but you don't want them to think you're only liking the movie because they're sitting in front of you. you know, there's a fine line of, of becoming a sycophant. But uh, one of the things, I asked him how he got Harrison Ford on board. Because Harrison hadn't done a lot for a while. And um, I, I don't know whether I'm speaking out of turn because I don't even know if we played this on the show. But he said he called, he called Harrison and Harrison said no quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And then the only reason Harrison said he would do it is on the condition of they would build a runway for him in the Arizona desert. He could fly in on a Monday morning, fly out on a Friday afternoon, and he could smoke and drink all week whenever he needed to. <laughs> so <laughs> Favreau, Favreau kind of, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there was a big budget in there somewhere yeah, yeah. as well. I'm sure that wasn't his only kind of thing. But yeah, that's, uh, so Favreau said, like, yeah, we'll make that happen. And when I interviewed um, Harrison Ford about it, you kind of go like, you know, why this movie for you? Because it doesn't seem like a Harrison property, does it really? Let's, let's be honest, especially at that time. And he just went, uh, my agent said I should do something different. <laughs> he was he was uh we had a half an hour sit down with harrison ford and you can imagine being me as the biggest star wars fan i love indie you know as we all are you know alone we all are exactly the same we're obsessed with these guys this guy's movies and then you sit down and you realize he is one of the grumpiest old men you could ever meet it was sort of heartbreaking uh i remember me and the producer came out i could have cried because he don't get me wrong he was fine but he just wasn't a, i don't know i wanted harrison Ford, and we went home and we both put on raiders of the lost ark just to make sure life was okay just to cleanse yourself <laughs> just to cleanse yourself just kind of go, he's, <laughs> cleanse the he's just a bit grumpy uh but ironically then we i interviewed him for force awakens and um he was amazing he's amazing he discovered cheering up it was weird or he is, whatever he was allowed to smoke he'd smoked a lot of, i don't yeah, know yeah he's always on the line he always seemed like he you, you're either going to have him on a good day or a bad day and all the interviews i've seen him in he's kind of on the edge you never know really quite what he's going to do and, and a lot of the stuff when he talks about the movies that he's in he doesn't always with these sci-fi pictures at least doesn't seem to understand what he's doing and <laughs> do you want know we interviewed him for um i don't know if you ever remember the film ender's game yeah 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 remember um, so that came out a few years later and I got to sit down and talk to him about that as well. And he was, he was a little happier, but it was still was kind of like, you know, he wasn't really, it got the feeling he was doing these movies and you, you almost for uh, the money, but you kind of go, you're Harrison Ford, he probably doesn't need it. And I guess someone was kind of saying to him, you know, stay relevant, do a couple of movies. And then of course the world changed when we got, when we got Star Wars and JJ kind of made The Force Awakens yeah. and we got our Harrison Ford back. But Daniel Craig was, Daniel Craig's very similar. You know, Daniel's, depending on what day you get Daniel is depending on what, you know, whether he's enthusing about this movie. I think he was quite happy with this movie. I remember him being quite fun. Yeah, I was just saying, I was watching the the clips that, uh, of you, you and you speaking to him and I wasn't expecting him to be 
he is quite happy actually isn't he in this <laughs> yeah he was actually all right he was talking about you know uh for some reason he was talking about whether the chaps actually fitted him and uh, it was i remember that i remember him kind of going that you know the, the chaps were getting tighter every day and, and and the discussion of whether that was just because of the you know the amazing food that they were having every night or whether you know the wardrobe department was just going let's show a little bit more daniel craig and he was he was really good fun and then you kind of meet him on things like uh, bond and he's a little different <laughs> yeah just, yeah yeah you can you know i think it's good day bad day you know, great so okay we've picked this apart quite a lot and i think I think it, for for me it, it was a great rewatch. To be honest with you, I enjoyed it, um, and I agree. I mean, with some of the what the critics say, and obviously I'm here to defend you as a guest, but also you have to see from their point of view what they're talking about. It does pick up a lot of threads and then drops a few of them. It's a lot of characters, yeah. and um, that they don't really sort of dive into a lot of it. Uh, it's uh, but it's good to watch. The, the effects are great, and the, some of the chemistry works. I think Daniel Craig and um, Olivia Wilde works on on screen. Yeah. They, they don't have bad chemistry. I think I think you're right. I think basically you can see within the film that the threads that they started to sew, you know, rewrites and re-edits and, and, and um, you know, reshoots clearly came into play. And, and, and someone in an edit suite, I would imagine it got to a period of time where it was like, you know, we've got to call it a day on this and we've got to get this film out. This is, this is good enough. And I just think there's an edit sitting somewhere in a vault, probably at Paramount, which answers a lot of the questions that, you know, they start sewing these threads that we yeah. just don't get the end of. But I think, you know, if you watch this movie as a throwaway, great fun entertainment, this is the epitome of what a popcorn movie should be. Mm. It has got everything you want. Incredible actors, incredible big names, um, like you say, great special effects, um, a really good story, a really fun story. I mean, let's be honest, it's not the newest story of the world, is it? You know, aliens arrived to take over the world, but they've just landed in the wild west of Arizona instead of New York or, or you know, or, or downtown LA. So I think, you know, it's, it's not a story we've never seen before, but I think it's got all the ingredients for a great action, fun blockbuster. I think this movie should, deserves much more credit than it gets. What a brilliant piece to camera that was. Craig. <laughs> it's almost like Paramount were paying me, isn't it? Yeah, good lord. Did you not, did, are you sure you're not on the back? Uh, the back I was going to say, I used to have this, I can't believe I'm telling you this, we used to have this thing where we go and talk about a movie and people would go, and really, what did you think? And you go, no, no, I'm sticking with that because I, the, the check hasn't cleared yet. Oh, um, and that's, that was, that was kind of like our tone of phrase. Uh, <laughs> but no, genuinely, I think, you know, that was 2011. We're in 2020. Nine years later, I'm still telling you how good this film is. If you're listening to the podcast and I know you love it, go give this movie one more try. Yeah, absolutely. You can see uh, DVD sales are going to surge now. Uh, John, John Favreau is going to be like, what the hell? What's, what's going there's on? A, there's an empty bargain basement come like next Friday where everyone's gone. No, no, no. I, it's in there somewhere. I'm finding <laughs> Well, look, no one's done Aliens and Cowboys since, have they? No, but yeah. But what are you saying? Is that for good reason? Or is that... <laughs> Well, I think it's perfect. It's such a juxtaposition in terms of, you know, um, you know, high tech and low tech. I mean, it couldn't be better. I mean, when you think about it, though, you know, it's Cowboys and Aliens. It's high tech versus low tech. How in the world were the Cowboys ever going to win? And I don't want to spoil it for you, but let's be honest, there's a slightly happy ending. 
<laughs> of course, yeah. It's not like, it's not like the discovery of water or something for uh, science <laughs> or something. Oh. What's next for you, Craig? What's uh, on the uh, horizon in terms of movies? Oh, uh, I'm looking forward. To, I'm doing Onward, uh, the new Disney Pixar films. We're doing we've got the premiere of that um, very soon, so I'm going to be lucky enough to see that in a couple of days. So um, yeah, that'll be that'll be quite cool. And award season is out of the way now, so it kind of all calms down a little bit. Hmm. Um, but it does mean you go from incredible thought-provoking art house films to the great big blockbusters that are coming around the corner so you know what i love all films i think all movies you know i can watch all movies but i do enjoy award season we get to down to sit down and, and really engage in some thought-provoking films and films that you know normally may not be showing it in a multiplex things like parasite of course you know i think more people are going to hopefully watch korean movies and, and discover that there are more films than just big blockbusters, despite the fact that I have just fought hammer and nail without a really dodgy bracelet strapped to my wrist from Aliens that <laughs> they should watch <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens. But there are lots of movies, there are lots of great movies out there, and I think awards season highlights those. So whether you like awards or not, I think they serve a purpose to um, to open people's eyes up to movies that maybe they wouldn't normally go rent or, or, or download. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also you've got Harrison Ford uh, playing against the CGI dog coming up in... Uh... Ah, I've seen it. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> is it no good? <laughs> no, it's fine. Oh, it is. Good. I actually did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I just feel like I, I feel like I should love everything that Harrison is in. Oh, okay. You're not yeah. under embargo or anything then? Um, yes. What is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... All I'm this... saying if you don't like Harrison, you'll love the dog. Right, Craig, thanks ever so much for coming on, on the, the podcast. It's been fantastic. And of course, Cowboys and uh, Aliens will, will be uh, jettisoned out of the bunker and onto the DVD shelves uh, of and the masses. struggles to find it, email me. I will send you a link and I will make sure the world gets to see this movie. That might be illegal. Let's not do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, look, thanks again, uh, Craig, and take care. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Look forward to it. It's an absolute pleasure. If we were to draw a graph of my process of my method, something like this, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action. Wizard, you shall not pass! Cut! Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. Good interview, Chris. Yeah, fantastic. Craig, Craig was a good guest. Sam Rockwell might fall into the, the rock category of people that can just save films. Yeah, well, the thing is, he's not even really in it a great deal. He's, he's, he's like Paul Dano as well. They're just incredible cast this film's got. And if you yeah. do, you know, you can be really sniffy about this movie, but it's kind of quite enjoyable. There are big issues with it, but it, I liked it when it came out and I was very excited to see it. So thanks, Craig, for that. Next episode, we'll be doing a film of some sorts, I'm assuming. So if you, if you like the podcast and you haven't yet given us a rating or written a review, it is very helpful to us to do that. So it just gets us a little bit on the ladder uh, jostling for space and all those movie podcasts out there so yeah give us a like on social media as well so follow the page uh, the twitter and instagram and then we post all the time so you can join in the chat about these uh, critically panned movies yeah and pop along to our new website which actually kind of works now so if you've been along to the moviebugpodcast.com before and thought to myself why is this site so horribly broken it's because it was because um as a web developer, I didn't bother doing it until um, last week. So, yeah, we've got a nice new site. It's got all the links there for everything, where to listen to. You can even listen to it live on the site as well. So, Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, Matthew. Well done on that. So until next time, I guess. Arrivederci. Uh, sayonara. 
Thank you.